The following is a paid program and is meant for educational information only and is the sole opinion of today's sponsors. A full inspection of your situation is suggested before taking any action. From home repair to remodeling, this is Making Your Home Great. Making Your Home Great is on every Tuesday, two o'clock, sorry, every Saturday right, at sa- 2 o'clock. Yeah. Today's Saturday. Yeah, That's right. I, I feel badly. I've bungled the intro. <laughs> Making Your Home Great every Saturday at 2 on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Blame it on me. I'm Dave Alexander. Brock Emmons in the studio with me. Brock from Triangle Radiant Barrier. How you doing? Dave, I'm doing very well. It's a beautiful day today. I'm glad the rain finally let up. It really is the official beginning, not just of summer, but of life. And we were starting to open things up, right? And the guy chuckling on the phone was Brian Finch. How you doing, Brian? I'm doing fantastic, guys. Thanks for having me on the phone. All right. And Brian is not you know, in studio, but it's good to have him as a part of the show today. Brian, we're uh, Finch Quality Painting. I looked through the things that you do, and I didn't realize that you would remove molded and rotten wood and you'll replace siding. Is that a big part of the company, or is that a small kind of end? Well, it's something small that we've kind of just grown on over the years, Dave. Um, it's kind of something that I think kind of goes hand-in-hand hand with the exterior painting process. Um, you know, a lot of these older homes that we get a hold of are going to have some kind of hidden mold or hidden kind of uh, rotted material that just kind of won't be kind of uh, evident to the human eye at first. And then once we get in there and power wash and get everything kind of cleaned up, um, you start to realize um, that some things may need to be replaced. And speaking of mold, in studio is our mold expert. Did we assign you a nickname based on that? Uh, somebody had mentioned Captain Crawl Space. Captain but, uh, Ooh, I, I, I'm I like not a, it. Not a big fan of nicknames, but I, I think I'll take that Captain one. Captain Crawl. It's, a, it's either that or a, a something related to the Master of Mold. You know, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah, not quite as catchy. Nobody master wants that. <laughs> nobody wants that. So you've got a question whether it has to do with finishing off something that wasn't finished. That is uh, painting and, and refinishing floors or decks. Uh, or even drywall repair. Go ahead and call us up. Uh, Brock Emmons in studio from Triangle Radiant Barrier. You're handling the crawl space. Uh, and well, that's right, crawl space and attic. Um, uh, actually, I figured towards the back half of the show, we'll get into it later in the show. But you know, we we've had a lot of rain this week, uh, so we're having a lot of customers reach out to us because of water problems, either in the crawl space or yeah. coming up at the base of walls. So further on in the show, we'll kind of get into that and try to address some of the current issues that a lot of our homeowners are dealing with. And the telephone number is nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. And if we have time. Time. We're going to introduce a new segment called Ask Brock, because how long have you been working in <laughs> other people's homes construction? Uh, I've been in residential and commercial construction for a little over 15 years. Uh, experience with roofing, framing, obviously insulation, mold remediation, that kind of stuff. But I work with a lot of different kinds of contractors. So over the years, I've, I've picked up a few things. All right. I want everybody to feel free if they're going to do the work themselves or if they're going to hire somebody to go ahead and talk to Brock or Brian about their project and sometime in the show we're going to ask brock because brock is going to teach me the ins and outs of this this skill saw right here 
that I brought in from home. That is a cordless power drill. This, what? Yeah, that's a uh, that's a Dewalt power drill there. It's a Dewalt power drill. That's right. Oh, it, yeah. does, it says right there. Twelve. 12 volt max. Can, I, would, I can skillfully tell you that's a drill. It's not a not 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 a not, not a, a skill saw. No. Does yours have a light on it? Because mine has a light. Yours is fancy. Uh, that's my, a that's I, a fancy drill. You know, I. But we're going to talk about. I mean, we're joking a little bit, but there are buttons and knobs on this thing. Then I don't know what they're there for. <laughs> I truly do not understand. Now I've used this thing for five years. But I don't. I don't know what these numbers are on the on the shaft. Well, we're not very good reading manuals. We we love pulling it right out of the box and going to work with it. So Brian, I'll, I'll help walk you through that. Now Brian reads manuals at least well enough so that he knows how to paint and and knows to put the right kind of finish on your walls. Talk to me about interior walls, Brian. Um, sure, Dave. Sure. Um, do, so go ahead. Yeah, do we, uh, you know, when we went to repaint the interior of my house, the basic question everybody asked, well, what's the paint that's up there now? And I had no idea. Sure, sure. So Typically, what what's a builder putting on new homes in the Triangle? Right. So if you're anything like kind of most of the builders out there right now, I think, you know, a lot of guys um, – they just kind of want to get the house finished at the point where they come into the paint. Yeah. And so a lot of times they kind of just use that kind of builder beige that kind of comes in a flat, uh, just to kind of have something on the wall. So in case the homeowner does purchase the house, and they don't like the colors. They can kind of have, um, somewhat of a vanilla kind of envelope to kind of work with. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's so many different kinds of paints. I mean, it, it, if you have kids in the house, there's a good quality wall paint that you can use that's going to help against scuff marks and that type of stuff. If yeah. there's no animals or children, then you can go with a flat paint. So finding somebody like Brian that knows all the ins and outs of all the different types of paint, it's pretty important to have them come out and assess it before you make that kind of investment. Does it much matter what kind of paint was originally put there? You know, it does. You know, if, if there was some somewhat of an oil finish um, or a lacquer, yeah. Um, then we kind of got to go in and possibly um, do some sanding, do some prep, um, get it to where it's going to um, have the, the new paint, if it's a latex that we put over top, that it's going to adhere properly, and that's going to um, constitute to the wall, and it's going to be there for a good while. Um, a lot of times, you know, some people will put um, wrong paints over, the, you know, they'll kind of go over oil paints, and the oil will, what it will do is kind of... Uh, negate the, the latex over top of it and so you kind of want to do some preparatory work and and that's where we kind of help you guys out and, and help the customers out with what they want to choose um and and a lot of homeowners these days are are doing a lot of homework on their own getting um a lot of ideas that are great from television shows and from um the internet and so when we go in um a lot of customers are, are very educated and and almost all already know kind of who they want to go with as far as um, the paint manufacturer. And we just try to help them, um, you know, lead them in the right direction as far as if they have kids, if they have dogs, um, or if maybe they don't have kids and dogs and they're empty nesters and they just kind of want something a little bit more, less um, sheeny. Yeah, the, um, 
The big question that we came up against was, do we need to prime? And I see on gallons of paint or two-gallon buckets of paint, sure. uh, no prime. <laughs> Is that the good you know, paint to buy? Well, you know, it's a, it's a question depending on what surfaces you're, you're, you're painting and what the situation of the paint project would be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of manufacturers want you to prime and, and paint two coats if it's, um, if it's bare gypsum. Um, once the gypsum has been painted, per se, and then you've got a good two coats or a primer and two coats on it, um, with that being said, you know, you can um, usually just kind of lightly sand it with possibly a, um, a, a fine grit, a medium grit, um, possibly like a 120 a 220 uh, grit sandpaper yeah. and just kind of lightly go over it and, and then he'll take a coat of paint um, right over top of it and you don't have to prime in that case. Um, a lot of priming situations would probably come from, and Brock knows this very well, through uh, be it water damage, a roof leak, um, somewhere where you have to kind of do some cutting out of drywall replacement, things like to that nature. So if I've got fresh gypsum fresh drywall then i probably need to prime yes sir that's correct yes sir so you want to get a good base coat and the primer with that with the with the, the job for the primer to, to kind of complete would be just to kind of um seal that gypsum off and then also use as an as a base coat for the adherence of the multiple coats that you put on top of it and um Typically, you want to use just a light uh, latex, um, and you know primers come. There's so many different primers on the market right now, and that's something that um, is almost an education in itself because you have your wood primers, you have your gypsum primers, um, you have your universal primers, you have metal primers, and so that can be kind of a, a road to go down all in itself. And on top of that, you know you've got your um, your paint to deal with too. So there's a lot of questions that kind of rotate around the priming. Should I prime? What kind of paint should I use? Um, and and that's where we go into how long do you feel like you're going to be in the home? Um, yeah. What are your objectives? That kind of thing. I'm going to have you diagnose a problem without having seen it. Sure. While at the same time going with my description of it, that's coming up in the next segment also. Eventually, I'm going to find out how to use this. What is it called again? That is a, a DeWalt power drill. It's a power, that, that, that's a, it's a power drill. That's right. Power right. drill. Now, I put in nails with this, okay? Uh, you do? Yeah. yeah. The, I would love to wow. see that. The the bottom section. Oh, that's the right. Bottom you you set, hit it like a hammer. With the... Uh, <laughs> Is that the battery? That is the battery. That is the battery. That's right. <laughs> so if I poke through that, that's probably going to make a mess. Probably not going to. I don't believe the drill will work very well after All right. that. All right. Any question about your power drills, you want to join in and help me out with my uh, question, that's fine. you got a question for Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier or Brian Finch of Finch Quality Painting. Hey, you know, guys, this power drill, it is a power drill. This power drill doesn't spin as as fast as it used to. Is there? Could be because you use it as a hammer. <laughs> I thought it was because I I have no clue where the charger is. It's somewhere in the house. I'll find it eventually. Um, but I got I got I got to get Brian to uh, help me out with my painting issue in just a moment. 
Uh, do the same. Help, you know, get him to help you out by dialing 919-860-9783. This is Making Your Home Great on FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Making Your Home Great, now on Saturdays, FM 98.5 and AM 680, WPTF. No, we've always been on Saturdays. Saturdays at 2, make it uh, an appointment. Brian Finch of Finch Quality Painting is here. Also, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. We've got a question for Brock, but I want to get this question out to Brian. The fella I had to do my painting, this is long before I met you, Brian, so I can't be, uh, you know... Uh, just forgive me for hiring this fella. Dave, it happens all the time. You're fine. He went, he went, and he got rushed at the end. And he said, well, you know, we're not going to do two coats of thin paint. We're going to do one really massively thick coat. Right. And what I have in a corner looks like melted cheese. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Brock's, Brock's nodding. He, he's seen this. Where the two walls come together, it's just slowly dripped. Not not like a drip, but the face of the thing. Is this an easy fix or is this a hard fix? No, that's a, that's a that's a typically an easy fix. Um, you know that 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 little small tool that a lot of folks don't know what it's called. But um, it's called a five in one, but it has a handle, and a lot of guys use it to open paint cans cans of paint you can actually use the edge of that to go up the wall and basically what what you need to do is just take that five and one and take that edge and just scrape that melted looking cheese right off is it like an l-shaped metal tool yes it's got the little some of them are different they've gotten fancier as the years have progressed i will say um they came out um with i think maybe a three and one when i first started and now it's gotten up to probably a seven or eight and one i think they can Possibly even open drink bottle can. That's right. What am I doing? Shaving the paint off? Almost like a razor blade, yeah. You're trying to take off a lot of that excess. Oh, I think I I think I know now. All right. And then and then and then you just take a little piece of sandpaper and kind of rough around those edges that you just peeled off. And then if you want to, just to do a quick fix, you can even find a primer in a spray can, spray the primer on, let that dry, lightly Lightly kind of buff that with a little bit of a 220 grit sandpaper. Yeah. And then go back over that with your final coat um, that you had used before, and that should fix it. All right. Brian, I've got uh, Skip on the line. I think we already know that Skip wants to talk to Brock about something. He, uh, Skip has actually said that based upon his painting experience and talent, it is far better to pick up the phone and call Brian Finch of Finch Quality Painting than it is to do the job himself. Boy, boy, that is absolutely true. And by the way, Dave, yes. I know nothing much about that five-in-one, but I think you can use the handle as a hammer, too. It's probably a better choice than the battery. <laughs> well, this is, you just you just tripled the number of hammers in my house. Exactly. Perfect. All right. So what's your question, Skip? So, um, Brock, I uh, occasionally do little small wood projects. I just built... Uh, some raised beds for our, our little garden. The difference between screws and nails, is there a better application for one versus the other? I just find screws um, fabulous, but uh, but maybe I'm using them in the wrong application. Oh, well, uh, longevity. 
Um, I, I would say any any type of woodwork that you're able to use with screws is 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 going to hold up a lot better long term. The, the the only knock that I have with nails, especially if it's on an outside property, so let's say your porch, for example, you're seeing a lot of elements, you're seeing a lot of wind, and as that's flexing, those nails can loosen up, which is why a lot of the times, if you look at older porches, for example, you have boards that are coming up. Yeah. Well, the the nail basically hollowed out the hole that it was in. Those screws have teeth so when you're running them into the wood it's going to grip a lot better now it's going to cost you more money and it's going to cost you more time obviously it's a lot more time uh, sensitive to shoot nails in than it is to actually manually zip down each screw Uh, however if you're looking to try to build you something that's going to long uh, I'm sorry last the longevity of of how long you plan on being there I I would highly recommend using screws that sounds great thank you and Dave by the way that would be a an appropriate use for that drill. Maybe. That's I right. Know, That's exactly right. This thing? <laughs> no kidding. Hey, All thank right. you so much. That's great. Thanks, Skip, Skip, thank you. Bye. I appreciate it. You know, the other, the other part of it is that it wasn't all that long ago that a deck on the Outer Banks, or maybe it was uh, in South Carolina, collapsed mm-hmm. because the, they had the wrong nails. That's right. That that if you're in a salty climate, these things it let go in part because salt got to the nail. No, that's right. If you Corroded. travel, if you travel the country, you will actually notice there are certain things that are built differently depending on the climate. I'm sure. So you know, here in North Carolina, we have high humidity. We have a lot of moisture. Mm-hmm. Um, and and those variables need to be taken into consideration when you're doing any kind of construction. You you don't want to have to do something twice. When no. you're doing it the first go around, you want it done correctly, and you want it to last. Okay, that that is a good investment. So you want to make sure you find contractors that know the proper way to do something in this climate. In fact, since we're talking about decks, Brian Finch of Finch Quality Painting is here. Brian, do you do much uh, deck work? We do, we do, Dave. Um, actually, you know, we've done a couple this past week, and we've got a couple slated for next week. Um, we kind of, you know, this is a great time of year for us to do the decks. Uh, we kind of look for the low humidity but high temperature time of years. Yeah. Um, and, and and this time of year is perfect right now, and also in the fall. So you've got about probably about an eight week window on each kind of spring and fall. Sometimes the spring can be a little bit hot, just depending on each of the year. Um, but the fall is great. Um, the summer, sometimes, if you don't have uh, if you don't have any humidity going on, it's great as well. Um, I don't like to do any staining if it's over around 90 plus. Um, I believe most cans say 88 to you know 100 degrees. They don't they don't suggest it. And so we like to try to keep the temperature to about from 72 degrees to about 88 degrees, 90 degrees. We like to keep the, the relative humidity pretty low. How long do I have to wait after a soaking rain? For uh, I, It may depend on what the following weather is, but, I, I mean, if I get a couple of sunny days, can I do work outside on the deck? I mean, it just rained the other day. Sure. So it just depends. You know, it depends on if you had um, a previous stain, how long ago that stain had been applied. Um, and, you know, stains kind of last. You, you want to look at the manufacturer's uh, label, but a lot of times the stains will not last as long as 
a lot of folks think they will. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I say that is because the, the amount of UV light that the rays of sunshine that gets on that stain or that sealant um, can do a number on it. And I think Brock, you know, had it had it pegged when he said the elements. That's a that's a huge deal. Just depending on you know if that year was a huge rain year. Um, it just depends all about the elements and how it, how it performs and. Typically, if it's a new deck, um, you know, 20 to 30 days with uh, treated wood is fine to wait um, before you stain it. But if you're just coming off a, a huge soaking week like we just had, um, and we have, like, say, two days of 80-degree weather, I would say that second day, that half day, would be a good time to start prepping it. And then if we've got a third day of that 80-degree weather, then that's when I'd start doing the some of the sealant and staining. Well, and Brian, that leads me to another question. I mean, you had mentioned that uh, a lot of people are under the impression that staining a porch lasts longer than than it does. Are there any steps that can be taken, uh, like an after-staining sealant that you can put on a deck that will help prolong the uh, life expectancy of the stain? Yeah, that's a great question, too. Um, You know, we we continuously try to educate ourselves. Um, You know, we haven't found too many things that that are going to keep it going. I mean, obviously, we've got the exterior clear coats on top of a stain. That's right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to I'm going to put a hold on this, Brian. The, the The clock is our master around here. You're fine. We're and fine. and what that actually is good because half an answer is better than no answer at all. <laughs> we're putting them on hold, and we're going to get the rest of that answer. In just a little bit, this is making your home great. Please do call us up today, 919-860-9783 on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. From home repair to remodeling, this is making your home great. Making your home great, FM 98.5 and AM 680 WPTF. Call us up at 919-860-9783. Call quickly if you're going to talk to Brian Finch of Finch Quality Painting because we were in the middle of a a question, and this tells you exactly my cognitive skill. (laughs) I've not the slightest idea, Brian, what we were talking about. We're in the middle of a painting question, weren't we? I think so, Dave. I think so. I'm trying to remember myself. I was, believe we're discussing the staining of porch. That's right. We were trying to find out if there's some sort of additive or, or, or potential coating that you could put on a good stain sure. to help okay, prolong so, the life. So the stain, this is, for, you know, I, I know nothing about these things. You guys know much more. Sure. The stain obviously changes the color. Some sure. people just stain it and then leave it. Yes? Sure. Yes. Well, well, you can There's a couple of different routes you can take. I'm sure Brock, obviously, uh, through the construction angle that he's been through, um, there's a ton of different ways you can attack it. Um, you know, you've got the natural sealants that kind of are the, the see-through sealants, and those are those are definitely kind of the ones that are the semi-transparent. We have the semi-solids, and then we have the solids. Uh, the solids you'll move in as you get to the semi-solids, and the solids you'll move into the more colorant as they're added and less transparent, and so they'll be more opaque. Um, those are perfect for the older, kind of a little bit more dilapidated. If you don't have the full kind of uh, budget to possibly replace some of the boards that you need to yet, you want to get a couple more years of uh, longevity out of those. 
little bit beat up looking boards. You know, I would go with the semi solids, the solid stains, and then the newer boards. You know, the the semi transparent work great, but there again, you may get three to five years at best. Yeah. How about paint? Can I paint a deck? You can paint a deck. I just don't advise painting the deck because the good thing about stain is it does a couple of different things for your deck. It kind of it gives back the oils that the, maybe some of the wood has been missing. Yeah. Um, so if the deck has been kind of sitting out in the sun for a few years and you kind of want to rejuvenate the deck, give it a little bit more life to it, that stain kind of has the oils that the deck will kind of um, have it just kind of leak into the, the pores of the porosity of the wood. Yeah. And the oils kind of rejuvenate that wood for um, a good while. You know, you can... You can revitalize a deck with stain. Um, once you start painting a deck, uh, the maintenance level there gets a little bit higher. Um, you're going to have to maintain that paint, and the paint is going to sit on top of the wood, um, and it may chip off with a good amount of uh, wear and tear. That's yeah. Right. All right, you talked me out of it. You did talk me out of it. Brian, thank you. Did, Brock, did you have one more question for for Brian? Actually, no. It uh, one. I just wanted to make sure or our listeners know this as much time as we've talked with Brian today about painting you know yeah. there's a key word in the name of his company that's really important that's quality yep i did a i did an appointment for a customer this morning who mm-hmm. took me upstairs and showed me his new finished space above his garage and it was a good looking space he had a general contractor come in and do the work yeah the first thing i noticed when i walked in were the streaks in the paint you uh. could see the brush strokes and I want our ah. listeners to know there is nothing more disheartening than paying somebody to come in and do what you expect to be a quality paint job and be left with that kind of result. So mm-hmm. we do recommend reach out to Brian at, at, at uh, Finch Quality Painting because uh, his results are, are much higher quality. I Brian, thank you. Yeah, All right, Brian. Thank you for having me. Take care. Y'all have a good day. Okay, yeah, you too, you Brian. Brian Finch of Finch Quality Painting. Uh, the uh, website for the company is finchpainting.com. Finch, family name, F-I-N-C-H. And I'm searching for a telephone number. I'll find it at the bottom of the page, I know. Uh, but finchpainting.com. All right. So, Brock, I'm glad you guys talked me out of painting the uh, the deck. That's right. I had an idea. No, I had an idea. There's... I've seen two-toned decks. That is, the boards I know I'm replacing this year. Mm-hmm. It's on the punch list for 2020. The boards are being replaced, but the the structure of it is just fine. Okay. How am I going to do this? I got. I got to. I don't want. I either want to go full two-tone, or stain it and make it all look the same. Well, you know, you really can't go wrong with either one. We we brought in a couple of people over the last few weeks that talked about a material called Trax, which is uh, essentially a composite board that you're able to use. It looks like real wood. It's a little bit more expensive, but you can get it in pretty much any color. Yeah. So if you decided you wanted to stain and or paint the, the frame of the deck right. and then use that type of material, you could almost pick any color 
that comes to your imagination and, yeah. and match the two colors. Obviously, staining the entire deck one color, nobody's going to scoff at that. That always comes out beautifully. Yeah. It's, it's really about user's choice. But the old wood and the new wood, can I make them more or less match? Uh, it, it depends how skilled is the person you're bringing in to do the work. Oh, I'll call, uh, I'll call I would Brian. call Brian. That's Brian's right. number, by the way, Finch Quality Painting, 919-609-7759. We've talked to Brian about this in the past. They know how to meet with you and still be, you know, COVID uh, compliant. That's shall right. We say. That's right. All right. You've had a busy week, or at least the phone has had a busy week. Well, yeah, we'll we'll shift gears here. So, we've we've had a lot of a lot of customers this week because of the rains that we've had. Uh, a lot of customers this week that have reached out to us with concerns because of water underneath the house. Yeah. So today, I'd like to kind of address some of these problems and and teach our listeners what to look out for and 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 really teach them how to determine whether or not they need somebody to come out and take a look at the house. Mm-hmm. So the most common question that we get, um, especially after a rainstorm, is, is people calling and saying, there's water under my house. I don't know how it got there. Help me. Well, why? Why does it matter if there's yeah. water underneath your house? Well, water is going to cause all kinds of problems. Um, yeah. From high humidity to moisture damage can even cause the, the wood underneath the house to rot out. So mm-hmm. we really want to keep the crawl space as dry as possible. Now, most homeowners here in North Carolina have crawl spaces. A lot of them, there are some that have foundation. Uh, right. If you have a slab foundation, you want to water your foundation. Okay, it, it helps from you getting foundation cracks throughout the house. That's an old trick that uh, I picked up in the South. But yes, I, that is. I water it if, deliberately. Uh, deliberately, if you have a foundation, you want to water it so it, it prevent you. If you've ever walked into a home that's foundation and seen large cracks through the house, that's because the foundation is dried out, so okay. it's shifting. Okay. Now, if you have a crawl space, you want to do the opposite. You want water as pushed as far away from the property as possible. Yes. So the first question I ask homeowners, if they're concerned if water's in the crawl space or maybe they've visually seen it, uh, I, I, I tell people the, the step one is, is good gutters. Okay. You want to yep. walk around the outside of your, your property, make sure that your gutters are not only not clogged, yeah. but if you have the option, you know those little black extenders you can put down on the bottom of the downspout yes. to push water? Those are really cheap. You can get those at Home Depot or Lowe's, yes. but it helps to push that water a few extra feet away from the foundation. Mm-hmm. Now, some homes, it's not quite as easy. Let's say you have a traditional A-frame attic okay, mm-hmm. on a ranch house. You're going to have gutters going along the front of your house and along the back of your house. But on the sides of your house, where you have the A-frame of the roof, you're not going to have gutters there. Right. Which means that foundation on that side of your property is getting a lot of saturation. Most of the time, if you have gutters on your house and you're still getting water in the crawl space, it's due to that area of the house. Now, there are steps that can be taken to eliminate this. If you have the option of doing some sort of exterior French drain up along the side of the property to help catch that water, if that side of the property happens to be underneath a very beautiful cobblestone patio, yeah, it's kind of hard to dig all that stuff up and put a French drain. Right. So that's when you start entertaining doing an interior French drain sump pump and basin. And a French drain is what? 
it's a fancy word for essentially a corrugated pipe that you, you run up the, the side of the house. Yeah. Um, so when the water starts standing on the foundation on that side of the property, yeah. it seeps into the fringe drain, and the drain carries it out further into the yard or into big, the street, depending on where you run it. Is it the big black plastic tube? Uh, yes. All right, and I'm now calling the big black plastic Pla- tube. Perforated plastic tube. Perforated right. plastic tube, a French drain. Got to be put in right, got to be angled right. It does. A couple of guys in the weekend maybe wouldn't want to do this as a project. They'd want to hire an expert. There's a little bit, yeah, there, there's a lot involved in doing something like that. I can tell you the trenching is even the, one of the more difficult. You want a downward angle, so the, there's a lot that goes in with it. Now, I want our, our listeners to understand, if you guys have any questions about your crawl space, if you have any concerns about water getting into your crawl space, uh, please feel free to call up here. Our, our number here at the radio is 919-860-9783. We'll try to do the best we can to not only answer your questions, but guide you in the right direction. Hey, what's the worst that could happen? I mean, gosh, I get a little moisture under my house. That's nature, isn't it? It I, is nature. I know where the water came from. It came from the sky. That's right. And it ended up underneath my house. Then what? Well, nature is going to start growing underneath your house. Like uh, what? Uh, well, mold and bacteria, mildew, fungal growth, and it will eventually get so bad it will start rotting out the wood underneath your house. That's yeah. an expensive problem to have right there. We used to have a guy on this show who was a uh, an exterminator. And he would tell you, he he was very big on that whole moisture underneath your house Mm -hmm. because the bugs won't live where they can't get moisture. They will choose to be at your neighbor's house. That's right. That's one of the downsides of doing what I do is I crawl into the crawl space before it's been fixed. And uh, I have seen every possible bug you can imagine, snakes, frogs, lizards, uh, they can yeah. cause a lot of damage. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great environment for them if it's too humid. That's right. All right. All right. We're talking with uh, Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier, encapsulated crawl space, certified mold remediation, and, of course, insulation. We're talking under the house right now, but, you know, we'll move where you want to. 919-860-9783, making your home great. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. News, talk, traffic, and Saturdays at 2, making your home great. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier is here and is here every week. Thank goodness for him. Uh, Keeps me going. Uh, you know, it keeps me uh, focused. What is CRMI? Oh, CRMI. That is Certified Residential Mold Inspector. Um, is that you? That is me, yes. Our company is CRMI certified. Uh, so we can come out to the house, take a look at any type of mold that you have, uh, assess it, and determine what it's going to take to fix. And CMR, it's got to be remediation. That is Certified Mold Remediator. So there's a lot of companies out there you can call out, and they'll do a mold assessment. However, they're not going to clean it for you. At that point, they're going to instruct you to call another company that specializes in mold remediation. They never went to the the next step? You would be surprised how many of those companies exist. So we're, we're a one-stop shop. 
We can come in there and not only do the assessment, uh, but we are certified mold remediators. So we have several different options to remediate the mold down there, which are all different pricing. That's what uh, you know. I want our listeners to understand is we have options. We don't necessarily have to do a massive remediation. Right. If it's a little bit of mold, we can spot remediate. If it's a little bit more aggressive, let's mm-hmm. say it's in the crawl space, for example, we can fog. We hook up eight or nine commercial foggers really? down there. That's right. Uh, we even have a time-lapse video, if you go to our YouTube account, which shows the fogging of a crawl space, fills up with smoke. Now, if the mold is bad, um, that's most of the time when people are having to rip up lumber. They're having yeah. to pull up subfloor. They're having to replace floor joists. It turns into a very expensive thing. One of the items that we have is dry ice mold remediation. Now, if you go to our YouTube page or you mm-hmm. look up dry ice mold remediation, it's essentially a pressure washer. But instead of water, it's negative 120-degree dry ice chips. Yeah, It not only freezes the mold dead on contact, but then cleans the surface like a pressure washer would. Yeah. Now you're not having to spend thousands of dollars replacing the subfloor and the floor mm-hmm. joists. We were able to salvage the wood, right. bring it back to life, and then hopefully prevent the mold from coming back down the road. I Have you ever considered the slogan, um, black mold is our bread and butter? <laughs> <laughs> you never have. We, we, we are really hoping we don't find black mold. Okay. Uh, no, are there different types of mold? I assume there are. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the more common here, we run into a lot of white mold here. White mold is more conducive to like a bathroom mold. Yeah. That's the type of mold that gives off musty smells. I don't know, Dave, if you've ever gone to the beach for the week. Yep. And by the time you come home, you turn on your air conditioner at the house and you get almost a musty smell in the house. Yeah. That's the mold in the crawl space. White okay. mold produces a musty smell. Black mold does not. Do I panic with white mold? Uh, white mold, that that's going to mess with your allergies. It's going to yeah. give you watery eyes, sneezing fits. Uh, if you're asthmatic, can cause asthmatic issues. But those are pretty much the health concerns with white mold. Black mold, obviously, is, is cancerous. That, that's, a, that's a very oh, dangerous yeah. mold. So we hope we are not ever going to run into black mold. But if we do, we are certified to remediate it. Okay, you're, you're telling me something, and I'm having a, a flashback. <laughs> okay. No, this is, this is like dead serious. Both my dad and my sister, who lived in the same home with black mold in the basement, both had cancer. And you're telling me that's a carcinogen, black mold. Well, it is. Uh, obviously, we can't say for sure if that's no, what no, caused no, it. No, we can't at all. Um, but let me just tell you, this was a Yankee house with a basement. Okay. And the floor joists in certain areas were black. mm they were black, and you know, as you as you age, you become less able to maintain your house in some cases. That's right. And that was his situation. It was also a situation where he had he built the house, he and my grandfather, and it right behind us was a really big hill. Right. You're getting a lot of downhill water. We got a lot of downhill water. They went ahead and put a highway up there. Okay. So, again, they probably cut off Uh some of the drainage drainage. that had been. Um, This is Yankee land, and it was rural. He had a um, septic tank. Okay. Okay. And he had to pump. 
He had to buy a pump. He put the septic right. I mean, you're. T- I mean, this is a perfect old school, perfect storm. That's right. Of bad things happening in his house. Uh, that that that's normally when we would recommend that exterior French drain. If you got that much water coming downhill, trying to yeah. prevent it from ever getting into the crawl space in the first place is probably the best way to try to remediate that problem. Uh, better than my brother's suggestion, which was to insure it and burn it. Right, yeah. That was the other <laughs> just tear it you down. You know, the Alexander household, we 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 like to consider all possibilities. Everything's on the table. Bring it down and try it again. <laughs> Bring it down and try it again. So you've got these uh, encapsulated crawl spaces. Is Borafoam the uh, top shelf? Ooh, okay. Is it? Uh, you know, I, I think it is. Yeah. So we've... We have a bunch of different ways we can encapsulate a crawl space, from crawl barrier to closed cell spray foam to foam board. Yeah. Now, a lot of our competitors out there use a pretty common board, something you can buy down at Home Depot. It's an Owens Corning 2-inch foam board. Yeah. It's minimum code requirement. Bora foam, which is what you just asked about, that's our foam board. Is is a It's infused with borate. So Bora foam is actually a termite protective additive that they add to the foam board a lot of homeowners are concerned well if i seal the crawl space you know what about termites Mm -hmm. well depends on how you seal the crawl space because there are materials out there that can pretty much help to eliminate that kind of problem bora bora foam board is two and a half inches thick so we we far exceed the minimum code using that material and as you can see in the photos there dave i mean it's beautiful yeah, I uh, it's could, a work of art. When it we're looks done better it. than my first apartment, honestly. In terms, <laughs> I, I understand that the borofoam I couldn't walk on it. Right, it's it's different than than a floor, but it's clean. Golly. Well, and it's a good investment. I mean, when you do something like that, you understand you're adding value to the property. If you yeah. ever want to sell that house, the first place the inspector goes is the crawl space. Yep. And he's looking for certain things, mold growth, what type of condition it's in. Well, if it looks like that, mm-hmm. they yep. come out of there saying, it's perfect. Yep. Well, now the person who wanted to buy your house is going to buy yours over the one down the street that does not have that sealed crawl space. And I'm guessing the way... And I know everything is different in 2020, but the way house prices have been in this area, and they will return and be just as they were, whether it's a year or two or six months. I think so. When you put something into your house and invest in your house, it's not just an even trade. You're getting much more out of it. Uh, that's right. I mean, it, it is an investment. When you're doing something like this, you're you're trying to improve the indoor air quality of the home, and with whatever with what we're all going through right now, mm-hmm. that is such a big deal to everybody. So I, I really recommend everybody looking into it, or at least let us come out and take a look at it. Yeah, listen, I, I had two customers last week. Crawl space was dry as a bone. Yeah. There was nothing wrong down there, had no problems, and I was the first person to give give them a proverbial high five yeah. and, and say, you're in good shape, you know, keep it up. But you want to know if you're having a problem down there before it turns into a big problem. Yeah. Talk about the other end of the the house. Talk to me about my attic. 
Well, that's your utility bill right there. Uh, you know, I, I got a lot of customers that ask, well, if I do all this stuff in the crawl space, what type of impact can I expect on my utility bill? Minimal. Yeah. Um, your utility bill is going to be the, the, the attic. That's where all the heat is coming from in the summer, and that's where all your heat is going in the winter. Yeah. So the better insulation you have in the attic, it's going to drop the kilowatt usage of your HVAC. And as per the... Uh, Department of Energy apparently is three quarters of your utility bill is your heating and cooling. Really? Yep. So if we can drop the usage as much as possible, that's what's going to make the biggest impact on your utility bill. And I get a lot of people who say, well, I don't care about the attic. You know, hot air rises. (laughs) Hot air rises. It's not coming down. Uh Is it? Does it come down? Oh, it comes down. That's called radiant heat. And yes, the direct sunlight on the roof deck radiates heat into the attic, and that will radiate down into your living space. And you crawl into attics that are how hot? Uh, I, well, I've got a photo on my phone. Uh, last summer, the hottest one I attempted so far, which was actually in Durham, was yeah. uh, was 150. 150. 150. 150. Buy McDonald's coffee, it's 180. Yeah. That's that's your comparison right there. Thank you. You're welcome, Dave. All right. We, we learned a lot today. Brock Emmons of Triangle Radiant Barrier. Big thanks also to Brian Finch of Finch Quality Painting, who called in. His website is finchpainting.com. Triangle Radiant Barrier is, again, the name of the company, Triangle Radiant Barrier and .com. This is Making Your Home Great. See you next Saturday at 2 on WPTF.